everyone and welcome back to Parked Car Convos. I am Maddie Mitchell and I am your host today and always because, well, quite frankly, this is my podcast, okay? Uh, I think we have some new listeners today, if I had to guess, which is so exciting. Hello and welcome. And if if you are an old listener, thank you so much for coming back every single week. That is honestly the bravest thing you could possibly do. And I have nothing but admiration and love for you in my heart where what's going on right now let me tell you it is beautiful outside after it being actually horribly wretchedly humid disgusting and you know world endingly hot yeah it's it's today is beautiful yesterday was beautiful I hope wherever you are you're able to kind of feel like the beautiful side of it instead of like the oppressive side of it that's that's kind of my only goal right now for like all of humanity it is crazy out there I know especially for people that like live down south um Florida's water is like 135 degrees or something I'm lying but it's literally like a hot tub it is a hot tub the ocean in my opinion as a scientist obviously uh should never reach hot tub temperatures for what feels like to me obvious reasons it's just crazy out there it's crazy out there and it's kind of it's kind of killing the vibe. Um, can someone tell global warming it's killing the vibe of the summer? So rude. Anyways, what else is going on? All right, let's just let's just do peak and valley of the week. My peak, and I have a few actually. Oh my god, have good things been happening to me? Am I is this a turn of events? I don't know. Who's to say? Uh, me. Yeah, I'm gonna be in a good mood now. Only good things are happening to me, if that's okay with everyone. No, I, first of all, I saw the Barbie movie. We have to discuss. I saw the Barbie movie last week with my mother. It was, it was honestly brutal. Something, no, sorry. The movie wasn't brutal. Don't, just wait, just wait. I'm getting ahead of myself because I have like 45 thoughts simultaneously occurring in my brain right now. But here's the thing. It was brutal having, cause I, I, knew I wasn't going to get to see it the first weekend. And then I was like, okay, when am I going to see it this coming week? Meaning last week. And I I don't think we've experienced this in, in such a long time or maybe ever, but this weird sense of FOMO. Cause you know, like whenever like a new TV show comes out or something and everyone's talking about it on social media and they're like, oh my God, you have to watch this thing. And then it's like, even if you're not interested in the thing, you want to watch it just to know what everyone's talking about. That has lured me into watching 3000 shows. I can't even, I can't like every single show I've ever watched is just because other people were talking about it and I wanted to know what they were talking about. That's like the only reason. But my point here is this was the first time I think that everyone was talking about something online and they're like, oh my God, this movie, like you have, like, did you see this movie? And it was like talking about specific scenes and like all of these things where you couldn't just like go online and watch it. Like you had to like actually physically go into a movie theater and watch it. And that was crazy because it took me like a week pretty much to actually go and see it just like logistically. And it was so, it was so isolating (laughs) being like, oh my God, I don't know what everyone's talking about because I haven't physically gone to the movie theater and seen it yet. And I feel like, especially since TikTok's really been around and been big, which it like blew, I feel like it got so much more popular during the pandemic, which obviously no one was going to the movie theaters then. So I feel like this was like one of the first times that this has really ever happened. And it was just crazy because I was like saving all of these TikToks 
because I wanted to watch them afterwards, <laughs> but I didn't want to spoil anything for myself. So it was, that was brutal. Also, if you haven't seen the Barbie movie, maybe skip past this if you're planning on seeing it. Not that there's any, I don't think there's any real spoilers. I'm just going to tell you what I thought of it. My thoughts are as follows. First of all, I was really afraid because I had given it pretty much a week that it had been out and I had seen so many people like crying about it, seeing so many people like say it was like such a great movie, like the best movie. I was really afraid I was going into it with too high of expectations because of that and I didn't. I still had my expectations exceeded. It was such a good movie and this is also, this was a movie that I had no idea what the plot was going to be at all because the trailers did not really heavily allude to a plot in any way, shape, or form. So that was fun. And I feel like in that sense, I went in with like no expectations of like what the plot was going to be, but it was so freaking good. The whole movie was so freaking good. And the I think the plot was like perfect because it was, it was a simple enough plot, me saying that, when like the entire plot is like going in between different realities and like saving <laughs> saving the feminism from the patriarchy I'm like yeah it was a pretty like simple plot <laughs> pretty easy pretty easy plot but I'm saying like they were still able to kind of like seamlessly interweave these much deeper conversations in a way that still fit the movie do you know what I mean because I knew that it was going to be a very very much like a feminist film um, and I was kind of interested in how they would do that while still making it like fun to watch and not depressing <laughs> because like sometimes it is depressing and I really think that they did a good job with that and they made it very palatable. Like I don't think it was too like shoved down your throat, which would have been fine for me, but I know a lot of other people, I think because of that, I had seen so many things on social media from um, people that don't enjoy the concept of feminism, unfortunately. And they were like, this movie's all about hating men. And so I was kind of like, oh, I'm curious to see how far they kind of push the envelope. But I did not think, I did not think that they did in that sense. Like, I think they, I think it was very tasteful. It was a very, very palatable for, for those people, I, I would say. But just such a, just such a freaking great movie. I loved the whole cast was like perfect. Um, and I think it was just like so beautifully executed. Also just like the, the scenery and the set and the costumes and everything. So just gorgeous. Like it was all just like very pretty and aesthetically pleasing to look at, which I always love that always like adds a fun element to it. Um, but yeah, basically no notes on the Barbie movie for me, but that was definitely a peak for me was seeing the Barbie movie. I saw it at 10 20 in the morning. Like it feels illegal to be at the movie theater as at 10, 20 in the morning. I also hadn't been in a movie theater in like four years. I hadn't been since before COVID. And I know that I probably hadn't been in a movie theater like for months before COVID. So it's been a long time for me. And went we had to like book, like you book movie tickets online. Now, like I literally had no idea. Like I had no idea. We booked the movie tickets for 10, 20 a.m. on Thursday last Thursday and it was so it was so great I ate my entire weight in movie theater popcorn which by the way life hack movie theater popcorn butter is dairy free because 
for like, I'm so glad someone is telling us the truth. Like I knew that that obviously wasn't real butter. We've all been knowing that movie theater popcorn doesn't have real genuine cow's milk butter on it. There's no fucking way. We all knew that, but I'm so glad that they didn't try to lie about it because, because stop, like, who do you think you're fooling? They didn't even call it butter. They called it popcorn topping. That's so suspicious. That is so suspicious, but you know, I doused my popcorn in it and it was amazing until it really wasn't. I was violently ill for the rest of the day because I ate like probably the equivalent of like 12 corns of cobs of corn, not corns of cob. I ate probably 12 cobs. Um, for breakfast at 10 20 in the morning that is a recipe for disaster in case you were wondering it was not fun it was not fun for the rest of the day but I had a lot of time to just kind of like lay and contemplate my life um, through the lens of the Barbie movie which is always always such a beautiful and blessed thing so yeah if you haven't seen the Barbie movie you definitely should go see it so good can't recommend it enough moving on what are some of my other peaks I guys I had like a I had a crazy experience yesterday I went to where I went to college you would have seen this on Instagram if you follow me on Instagram which you should at Maddie like I don't even know what my username is on Instagram it's linked in the show notes okay I went on I went to my college campus yesterday I graduated college three years ago but I was meeting one of my friends from college in in that town Um, because we were going to go get brunch at like the cutest brunch place that's right near campus that we used to go to. And so we went there for brunch and then we went and walked around campus a little bit. And as I've made very vocal over the years, like I had a horrible experience my senior year of college. Um, but I really liked college for like the middle two years, the middle year and a half, I guess I'll say. And I went back there and I was like, it was just like an out of body experience because I hadn't been there in three years since I graduated, but like didn't graduate because it was during COVID. So like they didn't actually ever give us a graduation. Tragic. I'm not bitter about it at all (laughs) in case you couldn't tell. Um, But it was like so weird being there. And then I was remembering all of like the good things about college, which was crazy because for me, there wasn't any good things because I just had the worst taste in my mouth about college. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh my God, this was kind of, wait, this was cute. Wait, college was kind of fun. And that was fun and kind of like refreshing for me. So that was good. Um, That was definitely a peak was seeing my friend and, and perusing and taking kind of a trip down memory lane, if you will. And then I also am just like hugely in my TikTok era right now. Like I have been a nonstop content machine for the last few weeks And it's been really, really fun. And I feel like I've been able to kind of flex that creativity muscle that I I have that I forgot that I had because um, I haven't been working for six months. Six months? No. Five and a half months. It's literally, it hasn't even been that long. Anyways, um, (laughs) anyways, that brings me to my valley of the week. I'm kidding. I just am like in such a weird spot mentally just yeah just mentally and emotionally I guess I'm just in a weird spot so I don't know I just am feeling like you know like I just like don't know and that's kind of my valley is like I'm just like perpetually like what is going on can something work out please thank you that's all I'm like all I'm asking is just for like throw me a bone career-wise that would be amazing 
Um, also random thought that I just had that I have to verbalize. Otherwise it will completely escape me. I have been thinking for a while about starting a YouTube channel and I think it was hard for me because I'm like, I don't even know what type of content I would make on YouTube. And I really do want to make vlogs. Like, would that be interesting in any way, shape or form? Be honest, because I just feel like I feel like that could be fun and I really do want to, I want to, I need to kind of diversify a little bit because I have the podcast and that's great, but I need to like, I feel like I want to do, have something else besides TikTok in case TikTok does in fact implode via the government. Like I'm not in the mood for that. And so I would love to have something else going on. You know what I mean? So if I did make a YouTube channel, would that be interesting to you? Would you... Would you kind of eat that up or would you be like, I'm okay. I'm not that hungry. It's up totally up to you. And like, do you think vlogs would be fun? That's my other thing. Cause I feel like vlogs are so like laid back and chill, but like, I love watching a vlog. I don't know what it is because it's never like, I don't watch any crazy vlogs. It's just like girls living their life, just like getting coffee, getting ready for like dinner. And I love watching that. But I don't know if other people love watching that or specifically if they would love watching me do that. So very much open to feedback. Um, you should be following the podcast on Instagram at parchedcarconvos.pod. And you can message me on there and let me know your thoughts on whether or not you would watch a vlog. Okay. Anyways, my Pass the Ox song of the week this week is... Okay, I've really been listening to... <laughs> Shocker. Shocker, shocker, shocker. We all know whose name is about to leave my fucking mouth. Taylor Swift. I, what I've been doing though, every single time I get in the car recently is I just have been shuffling all of my downloaded Taylor Swift songs, which is in case you were wondering all of them. Um, so I've like only been listening to Taylor Swift, but for some reason I have 1989 downloaded twice because I have like the regular version and then the, the deluxe version. And I think I just kind of like forgot about how amazing 1989 is. And I'm not trying to jump the freaking gun because everyone's been saying 1989 is going to be the next um, re-release album, the next Taylor's version. And I have been getting so excited for that. And I know Speak Now Taylor's version just came out like yesterday. I get it. I hear you. But something about 1989 has always been like, I, I love that album. And then I think I kind of forgot about it for a little bit. And now that I've been listening to it so much because it comes up doubly as much in my rotation of all Taylor Swift songs. And like that album has no skips for me. It's just so freaking good. And it's just banger after banger after banger. And so I'm, I'm very prematurely getting very excited for 1989 Taylor's version and that's probably dangerous because it's it's people think that she's going to announce it on August 9th at one of her shows. I think she'll be in L.A. at that point because she's in L.A. this weekend. What is it? August 9th? Oh, wait. August 9th is Wednesday. Does she have a show on August 9th? I don't even know. But people think she's going to announce it on August 9th because it's 8-9, which I get. And that would be slay. But I do think even if she announces it, I feel like it'll be a ways away because she's going to space it out a lot between... You know, I think. Anyways, anyways, I've been listening to 1989 a lot. Specifically, so random. I know places. Such an underrated bop, in my opinion. Anyways, okay. 
let's jump into what we're talking about this week. And I am completely blanking. No, 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 no. I know exactly what it is. I made a list, which this is funny because recently the videos I've been making on TikTok are all lists of some sort. And I made this list and I made a video about it months ago and it didn't really, it wasn't really hitting as hard with people, but I also wrote it down as a podcast episode idea. So we're just here. We've just ended up here and that will help explain the title of this week's episode. But this is my list of things that I need Freud himself. Sigmund, that's his name, right? Sigmund Freud. I need him to come back from the dead to study this and kind of explain it to me. And on the off chance that you don't know who Sigmund Freud is, he was a very famous philosopher and he, he was the one that came up with um, like one of those things about how <laughs> I, me knowing nothing, I'm pretty sure he was the one who like the Freudian slip, the Freudian slip, which is if you are thinking about someone and you say their name instead of the person you're talking to's name. So like if I was talking to my mom and I was thinking about my dad, I might say dad instead of mom that's a really bad example but you kind of get the gist so it's like like this happens all the time in like tv shows and movies where the the guy instead of saying the girlfriend's name says the ex-girlfriend's name yeah and it's like that's a Freudian slip because it's like you were clearly thinking about the person whose name you said and you just didn't mean to say their name in that one particular instance um also Freud has studied deeply like familial relationships I'm pretty sure and like why boys are obsessed with their mom so he he's he's had a lot of contributions to society that I don't think we can kind of overvalue enough um okay so the first thing that I personally think Freud needs to come back from the dead to study is the relationship that men have with their pickup trucks if you are not from the U.S. maybe this isn't a thing also I feel like it's so much worse down south if I do I do declare it is so much worse down south. I can attest to that because I am from the north and I was down south for two months earlier this year. And it is, first of all, just the trucks in general. Are they okay? Like, are those even like structurally sound for the road? Those are entire skyscrapers on wheels. And that to me doesn't seem safe. There were so many times I was driving down the highway in like South Carolina and a truck would, a pickup truck would cut in front of me. And I would be like, that could, I think, legally be classified as a mobile home. Like they are so large. They're so wide. And some of them have like way more tires than necessary, which I've never got. I don't get that. I don't understand why you need more tires than the average car. Like all, do you see all the other cars functioning just fine with the normal four tires? You don't need an extra set of them. You're literally okay. You're just a pickup truck at the end of the day. And obviously a lot of the ones, especially down south, had lots of flags hanging off the back of them, which again, that is just an obstruction of view. Like that is, that has to be a detriment to someone driving on the road. And they have so many more lights. They like attach extra lights so that they have, it's like spotlights beaming off the front of their car. I don't even understand how those things are legal genuinely. Cause like in the state of Massachusetts, you're not even allowed to have like a tinted windshield, which I fully understand by the way. I don't know why I said it. Like that was such a crazy thing for them to, to say. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, how is this not, how has no one been like, this seems unsafe to have on the road. And what really gets me, to speak my truth, 
is the amount of money that I know this must cost. Like to have all of these additional bells and whistles, so to speak, on your car. It's it's just like I know that it costs a lot of money. And then not only that, but like the maintenance and the upkeep of having a car that's like that large and has that many, like I said, additional bells and whistles, that has to be so expensive. And so what's interesting to me is like the, and there's, they write songs about this. There are entire country songs about like a man and his truck. And I don't get that. I need to know I what is this? What does the truck symbolize? To me, it seems to be that that man is overcompensating for something. And so he needs, he needs to have the biggest truck in town to feel better about himself. So maybe I don't need for it to come back for this one because maybe I have myself kind of just cracked the case, but I'm being serious. Like what, why is it? And then is it, maybe it just becomes a contest between them. So it's like, oh, you have that kind of truck. Well, I have, I have this kind of truck. And I remember at one point in time, remember when like country boy talk was like a, a thing. I remember I ended up on that side of TikTok one time. I don't even, the algorithm must have been real funky at that point in time. But I was seeing all these videos of like these these country boys and they were just always making videos about their trucks. And it's like it was their only pride and joy. And I get and then I remember when I made the TikTok actually talking about this list in particular, I remember I got a comment from some guy and he was like, "Okay, so men taking pride in their vehicles like maybe if you owned a car, you would feel differently. And I remember being like, I do own a car and I don't, it, believe it or not, it has not become my entire personality because, okay, okay, wait, maybe I'm onto something. My Mazda has not become my entire personality because I already had a personality. (gasps) Therefore, their trucks become their entire personality because they don't have a personality. I don't know if you have any insight on Southern men with pickup trucks, like hit me with it. I also remember over when I was in North Carolina, when I was in the Outer Banks, I went to this, (laughs) I like have this like very distinct memory. I was at this park that I would go to like every day, but it was raining and gross just like it was the entire time I was there. And I was in this like parking lot and it was a, it was probably, it was like a tiny parking lot, but it could fit. I want to say 12 to 16 cars. So it was, it was like small, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a three car parking lot. You know what I mean? And I'm in this little parking lot and I remember I was sitting in my car sobbing on the phone to my mom. Cute. But I was the only car in this parking lot, right? And I was parked like kind of towards the end. There was probably like maybe like two other spots on the other side of me. And this pickup truck pulled in. Again, gargantuan pickup truck, not your normal like Ford F-150. Like just so, so much more elaborate than you could ever even possibly imagine. Like I can't do it justice and I never will be able to pulls into this little law and he was literally just trying to turn around and it took him like five minutes to turn around because his truck was so big and this parking lot was small. And I'm like, this just can't be worth it because me and my Mazda were able to get out just like we would any other parking spot. Like it was totally fine. And maybe he was also a really bad driver. Like that could have been part of it. But he had to make like a 45 point turn to exit this parking lot. And I was like, that's so embarrassing because you're borderline causing a scene right now. 
just to me because I was the only other person there. But I was like, aren't you embarrassed? Aren't you embarrassed that you're driving a literal school bus and you have to, it takes you five minutes to exit a parking lot? Like that's so weird. And it just can't be like, goes back to my original point. Like it's just not worth it. That's, that can't be worth it. It can't be, it's just like not easy to drive in that sense. You know what I mean? Even like really big SUVs, like uh, there's a lot of people that are like, I could never drive that just because like parking would be a pain in the ass because it's like exactly as wide as a parking spot and it would be hard to like back into spaces or to like parallel park or to do any of those things in like a bigger car. It's obviously harder. So it's like, why are you putting yourself through all that? It just can't, it can't be making your life easier. So therefore it must be something else. And it's, it's clearly not just to get you from point A to point B because clearly my Mazda does that. So, okay. Next up is people who call into radio stations just for fun. So I've obviously, I don't think I've ever called into a radio station. Actually, I don't think I ever have, but I remember when I was younger, I think I like wanted to, to win like concert tickets, concert tickets or something. I like definitely wanted to at one point. And I totally get why people do it to win money or to win tickets or to win something. That makes total sense to me. What doesn't make total sense to me is all of the other people. First of all, to me as like, and I could be the odd man out here, but I don't think I am. Radio is dying, is it not? I never listen to the radio anymore except when my mom is driving and we're in her car and she has the radio on. That's the only time I listen to the radio. Other than that, it just like doesn't even, it doesn't even cross my mind when I get into my car that I could listen to the radio. That's how like, it's just, it's so removed from my day-to-day life. So my point is these people obviously must love the radio. Like it must very much be an avid part of their life. So what gets me is that's one, that's like one level, right? It's one thing to be like, oh, I listen to this morning show every single morning. And I get that. I totally get that. You start to like the people on the radio. You start to, you know, like the segments that they're doing and you just start listening to them like every day on your commute. Totally get that. So then you take it a step further and you're like, okay, I want to call in because they're asked. And again, I can also see if they're asking for like, like there's been certain times where I'll listen to the radio and it's like, oh, have you been on a, like they tell like bad date stories or something like that. That again, I understand. But sometimes when I've heard that people on the radio, it's like they call in and the host is like, and who do we got here? And they're like, I'm Cheryl and I'm from Boston. And they're like, all right, Cheryl, what can I do for you? And she's like, I just wanted to say, you guys are great. And I love listening to Mix 1041. And they're like, thanks so much, Cheryl. Have a great day. And I'm like, what was the point of that? What would compel Cheryl to call in and just be like, hey, love you guys. Is it just because she loves them so much? And again, maybe this is just like my disconnect because I don't love any radio hosts and radio personalities, except there was a radio personality from Boston named Maddie um, with a T though. He was a man and his, his show was Maddie in the morning. I can't tell you how many teachers in like middle school were like, look, it's Maddie in the morning. And I was like, okay, except I'm not like a man, but whatever. Anyways, my point is I don't understand people that I also listen to sports radio, which is actually, I'm pretty sure they play that for you as you are descending the elevator into hell. 
there is nothing worse to me. The sound of sports radio alone gives me an instant migraine. I can't, I can't explain it in any other way. If you, if you know, you know, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just because it's just talking just about sports. And that to me is inherently uninteresting, but it's like something about like the, I don't know, just the sound of it. It all sounds the same. And it just like gives me a headache and it makes me like car sick. And I'm not even exaggerating. And obviously the only time I've ever listened to it was, was with my dad in, in my dad's car. That's what he listens to all the time. But people call into that all the time. And even, even then I'm like, I guess I kind of get that a little bit, a little bit. Cause there will be people that like, they'll be talking about a certain athlete or something that happened in sports. And then, um, they'll be talking about it. And then someone will call in and like offer like a different perspective. And I understand, I like, from a general sense, I understand that when you're like listening to people talking, you're like, okay, well, I have something to add to the conversation. You know what I mean? I get that. Also with that in particular, I feel like maybe people just don't have anyone in their real life to talk to about sports. So they feel like, oh, I should talk to, I should call into this radio show and talk about sports with them. I under, I understand it in that sense fully, but it is still just like, it's just one of those things where I've never felt compelled to do that in my life. And it's just so fascinating to me that there are so many people that do feel compelled to do that. And again, I would like to circle back to the people that like just call in to say, hey, that to me seems insane. And also like how time consuming is that? Because this is something that they're doing frequently. Like, is this something that they do like every day on their drive home or, and do you have to, because I know that you can't just like call a radio station and then like you're on with them. Like you definitely have to like talk to someone else first that would like tell you what they're talking. You know what I mean? So just like the whole thing seems like a, a very long process just to say, hey, I don't know. It's just kind of like a concept that's completely lost on me. And I would love to know the science behind behind those people and like what's going on with them. Okay. Um, Freud needs to come back from the dead to study teenage girls and male history teachers. Also, just like teenage girls and male English teachers, any type of young male teacher with teenage girls, like that dynamic is so insane. And I don't think I ever really even experienced it firsthand. I don't think I had any, like when I was in high school, I didn't really have any male teacher. I had one and he was, he was the least fun person on the face of the planet. And I can like, actually, I think I can say that with complete confidence, but I know that it's like such a thing. It's such a thing. Like, it's such a common thing. I see it all over TikTok, like all the time. It's like that one history teacher, like, it's (laughs) like, it'll be like me and my wedding day in love with like my future husband. And then it's like my, that one male English teacher from high school. And it's like, you would leave him to get married to, I explained that so eloquently. Oh my God. Giving myself a pat on the back. But what is that? And I think Freud would really be the man for that job in particular, because is it like, is it just daddy issues? Is that what it is? And it's like a a positive male figure in your life. Is that, I don't know. I don't know, but I think Freud needs to study that because it seems to be such a universal experience. And so I just would love to kind of hear the rationale behind it. Also, isn't it so fucked up? I always think about Pretty Little Liars. Did you guys watch Pretty Little Liars? I say that as if I can hear your response. Um, I'm pretty little liars. If you, if you didn't watch the show, 
it's about these four girls and pretty much everything about the show is batshit crazy and like very convoluted and like would really never happen in real life and like thank god for that but one of like the main storylines throughout the entire show is one of the four main characters named aria she is i think they're literally freshmen in high school when this series starts and she has this english teacher who like just graduated college and she literally starts dating him and she's a freshman in high school and he just graduated college that's nauseating and I hate everything about that that's so disgusting but it's like so weird because in the show it's so normal like she literally ends up marrying this man it, it becomes like so normal and then there's also a part where she like the English teacher Ezra is his name Ezra ends up getting really close to Arya's parents because like Arya's mom works at the school at one point in time so like they become like friends like co-worker friends and so for for some reason they decide Arya and Ezra decide at one point that they should go ahead and tell Arya's parents about them because they clearly like Ezra as a person so like they won't care that he's dating their like 15 year old daughter which Again, in and of itself, batshit crazy. And so they like sit down Arya's parents and it's, it's like, it's just like crazy. And I, it's one of those things where in the moment, cause I watched, I've watched the show twice. I watched it once when it was like coming out when I was in probably middle school. And then I watched it again a couple years ago, just cause I was like, I need to, I don't need, I didn't even remember how the show ended because it was drawn out over like six years and it had like the craziest plot twists and like storylines I had no idea how it even ended and so I needed to rewatch it and I funny enough I don't think I ever ended up finishing it but looking back at it this time around the second time around I was like holy fuck this is so messed up why were they trying to like normalize dating your English teacher that's so bizarre and illegal on so many levels and they just sit down Arya's parents and they're like we're dating (laughs) And she's like supposed to be 16 or 16 in the show or something like that. And her parents freak the fuck out, obviously, which I'm like, okay, at least, at least they did that. At least the parents didn't go along with it, but it's just insane. And she literally ends up dating him throughout like the entirety of the show. So it's not like it was one of those things where it's like she learned her lesson and like he went to jail. Like, no, it ended up like all working out for them, which I feel like is kind of proving the wrong point, but whatever. So I feel like that that's always in the back of my mind when I think of something like like when there's like a hot male teacher it's like are you kidding this is a recipe for disaster you should be ugly and old to be a teacher (laughs) um also and then I wrote also just male history teachers in general I because I did have a male history teacher in middle school and he was just like a different breed of person and I I don't even know how else to explain it he just wasn't I've never met anyone else like him and I think this is true with a lot of male teachers and maybe it's just because teachers are so often women that like having a male teacher in and of itself is kind of like its own spectacle because it's like oh my god who are you and what have you done with Mrs. Jenkins or something you know what I mean like it's like what's going on but I this male yeah he was he was fully insane he did this thing where like he started at the very beginning of the year anytime you like did something good or like got some like got a question right or like volunteered for something or whatever he would be like all right plus five on the board which 
in and of itself in one second. Like, what is that? But we would go up to the. So if if you like answered a question right, he'd be like, okay, great, Maddie plus five on the board, and you walk up to the whiteboard and you would write Maddie plus five. Okay, and then and this happened probably like three or four times a class at least, and we never knew what it was for. Like it wasn't for extra credit. Like what did, what did it mean? Sometimes you would get a minus five. If you did something bad, you'd be like, Ooh, that's minus five. Ooh, that's plus five. And it was just this ongoing thing he did all year, like from the first day of school on. And then it gets to the end of the year. And he's like, cause we would ask, we're like, what is this for? What does this mean? And he'd be like, Oh, I'll tell you at the end of the school year. And I remember sometimes at the end of the day, when I had him like last period, he would, write down everything that was on the board like all the plus fives and minus fives on the board so we're like is he like keeping track of it and like whoever has the most wins at the end of the year like is this gonna like add up to extra credit at some point like what does this mean and at the end of the year he was like oh yeah it meant nothing and we're like oh I need for it to study him and he was like it just like you you should see how happy you guys got every time you got to write plus five on the board you felt like validated and I was like okay I'm in eighth grade. Like, I don't get it. Um, okay. What do we have next? Line cooks. Line cooks. I have, I have no experience with line cooks actually to speak my truth because I, I only ever worked in one restaurant. Um, and it was like a, it was a breakfast restaurant. It was super, super small. And the cooks were like, it was like the woman who owned the restaurant and then like high school kids, which seems kind of odd now looking back like okay I mean good for them like pop off I don't think I would be able to like feed the masses in high school um but they were able to they were able to do it but I actually have a lot of secondhand knowledge about this from one of my friends who's like worked in a restaurant for years and years and years and just like again line cooks are just kind of like a different breed and I think if you work in a restaurant you know exactly what I'm talking about and without getting too divisive, like they just are all kind of the same. <laughs> and they're just kind of like a lot of them are kind of like maybe skeevy. Not all of them. I don't want to say that at all. But they just have sort of a reputation. I actually did have at the restaurant that I worked at, there wasn't he wasn't a line cook. He was just a waiter, I think. But this restaurant was so small and it gave me the worst anxiety to go to this restaurant they were so weird there. <laughs> you're, you're ever just like in a group of people and you're like, it like they're, they weren't mean, but they were just kind of unsettling. I don't know how to say that sounds really mean now that I say that out loud, but they were just such, they were such an oddball kind of group and it varied because there were some people that I really liked because there was a couple of women that were like grandmothers that were like waitresses there and they were super nice obviously because they were grandmas. Um, and then there was a couple of other like high school kids, but they were kind of really, they were really like kind of quirky and, and quiet and kept to themselves, but it was also kind of like a cult. And I had never worked there before that summer. So I was like the odd man out and everyone else had known each other for like years somehow. And it was, it was so bizarre, but there was this one guy that worked there who was a waiter and he was a lot of times the person that I was like reporting to because I was I don't even know what my job was. I was like a runner. I was a hostess. I think that's what it was. But like there wasn't even a hostess stand at this restaurant because it was so tiny. So I just had to like always be on the lookout for people walking inside and then I would like run up to them. 
in hindsight, I'm like, yeah, you were stressed because it was a highly dysfunctional work environment. And now I'm feeling validated in that. But anyways, um, this guy that I had to report to, he was, he was truly a mess. He was a mess of a man. He was real. I remember being so, he was one of those people that like is so age ambiguous. Like I could not tell how old he was. Cause I was like, you could be like the father of one of my friends you know what I mean? Like you could have a daughter that's my age or you could literally be like 21. Like I had no idea, which theoretically, I guess, no, that doesn't make any sense. I was like, he could be both. No, he, I was so confused by him and I was, I was like 18, I think, cause I was going into college and I thought he was younger. Like I thought he was for sure, like in his early ish twenties. And then one day he drops this bomb that he had a daughter that was essentially my age. And I was like, oh my God, how? Like, how does how does it even work? But he was truly such a mess. And he definitely talked about his personal life way too much to young girls that he worked with. Again, in hindsight, such a dysfunctional work environment. And now I'm feeling really justified because I used to get like borderline violently ill on my way to this job not even borderline. Like I just like would fully convince myself I wouldn't eat anything for breakfast because I couldn't stomach food, but I would leave my house at like seven o'clock to go drive to this restaurant because they opened at like seven 30 or eight or something. And I would be so, and then halfway through my shift, I would get the worst headache because I had not eaten anything all day, which totally fair like that is a normal bodily response to being starving and then I would be like chugging water to like try and make my stomach feel better and then that made me feel worse because I was chugging so much water on an empty stomach and I remember I would leave work every day I literally only worked there on weekends too so it was like the whole week I was just dreading going to work there and I like never got over it which was so depressing because you would think it'd be like okay the first few times you're a little nervous and then you get used to it no I never adjusted, unfortunately, but what was I saying? Oh, then I would get violently ill. And every time I would leave work, I would like immediately go devour like a hamburger because I was so hungry. And I, the thing is, is I would still have a headache the entire rest of the day. I just like, couldn't, it just like, oh, it was so bad. So bad. Okay. Next up. These are some that are from a list that I did post on TikTok recently, people that startle me. Number one. But I also think that it goes it works in both ways because I also do think that Freud needs to study these people. People that posted their report cards or their college grades on Facebook. I knew too many people that did this. Like too many people that did this. And I just don't understand it at all. Never in a million years would it cross my mind to do that. That would be the equivalent that I can think of. It's like posting your paycheck today on Facebook and be like, I got paid or like posting, like maybe, maybe your boss sent you an email kind of congratulating you on like doing, doing well in your job and you being like taking a screenshot of it and posting it on Facebook. That's so weird. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's basically just like what LinkedIn is like that is LinkedIn is just like talking about your achievements all the time. So I guess it kind of does still exist. And it translates a little bit better that way. But I just never understood this because I, and a lot of the times it was, it was people's like aunts and uncles that were in like grandparents that were commenting on it being like, Oh, like so proud of you, sweetheart. And I get that. I get sharing that with them, 
but couldn't you just text it to them or couldn't you just like call your grandma and be like I got all A's this semester there has to be an element because and obviously obviously the people that did this only had good grades because obviously they wouldn't be posting it if they didn't so there's a huge element here of just like wanting to flex on everyone which just feels weird because it's like do you think people care and I mean that with peace and love but like I don't I don't think I ever saw someone get like straight A's on Facebook and be like wow I'm so envious of them like never once maybe some maybe some people did I don't know. I, I truly just like cannot even wrap my head around the motive behind that. And like, I don't know. It, I guess it was one thing. I still don't get it. But to post your like a picture of your report card in high school, that to me is one thing because we were in high school and like that was kind of like, I don't know. It's just like everything in high school is, I feel like a little bit more excusable because like what was going on with us? We don't know. But to like screenshot your college grades, like, no, we're too old. We're too old to be doing this. I don't understand it. Um, I also need Freud to come back and study people that are grownups, people that are adults, people that are, you know, can legally operate a car, can legally vote, can legally drink. Um, I need to know why those people are referring to all types of pasta as noodles. That's sick in the head. And I'm not jiving with that. The thing is, is like, if you're having like spaghetti spaghetti people call some people call spaghetti noodles I don't I call it spaghetti (laughs) but I I can kind of rationally understand that I guess I guess obviously there are things that are noodles chicken noodle soup um that's kind of it that that's all I can think of some people call like ramen noodles ramen they'll call ramen comma noodles I get that a little bit. I get that. Also, like culturally, there are foods that are referred to as noodles. Sure. I'm talking about like penne pasta. If you if you went to a restaurant and you got like chicken broccoli ziti and you're like, mm, these noodles are good. You're a freak of nature. You're a freak. You kind of freak me out because I would never. <laughs> and I'm like, you freak me out because I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I heard that. No, I heard it. Totally. I'm scared of people that are different. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. My thing is, is like if, if that were me in that situation and I was eating chicken broccoli ziti and I was thinking this is really good, I would say this pasta is delicious. I would never, it would just would never cross my mind to say these noodles are, are delicious. And that, it kind of freaks me out. Children, sure. Children call all kinds of pasta noodles. I get that. They're like, like parents would be like, oh, do you want noodles for dinner? I remember hearing that a lot. Not for my parents, because I was raised right, clearly. (laughs) I'm kidding. But I get children doing it. It's just kind of, it throws me. I think because the word itself also sounds infantile, like it sounds like a word that just a child would be saying. And so I think that's what throws me off is it's just like you sound like, are you also going to say the word tummy? Because there's no justification for that. There's like, I can't think of anything. That would justify you using the word tummy in all seriousness. Same with belly. We're just not doing that. It's it's 2023. Grow up. Um, okay, the last one I have is the Bath and Body Works super fan community. Now listen, I loved Bath and Body Works just as much as anyone else. Truly, 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 truly. When I was in elementary school and middle school, you couldn't pry a Bath and Body Works hand sanitizer from my cold, sweaty hands. Like you just couldn't. 
it wasn't happening. I ate up everything that Bath and Body Works was putting on their shelves, like not physically because I would get really sick if I had kind of ingested that. But I loved everything Bath and Body Works and I wanted more. And it became kind of like a collector's thing, you know, like I remember my friends and I would go and we would buy as many Bath and Body Works hand sanitizers as we possibly could. Same with the perfumes and the lotions and everything. And unfortunately, I think it's still not unfortunate. It's not unfortunate. It's fortunate. And I'm glad that people have passions. Truly, I am. That's great. And to each their own at the end of the day. Let me preface this by saying that. I loved that sentence. Let me preface this by saying that. That's gorgeous. No notes, Maddie. Um, but I think people today also kind of take it as like, these are collector's items or like collectibles. I need to have as many as I can. And they just are so obsessed still. And I'm talking about grown adults. Remember that video that like went viral, like maybe 10 years ago, eight years ago, a long time ago of that woman telling the story about the Bath and Body Works candles and like she's clearly a Bath and Body Works super fan and there's like this entire community that loves Bath and Body Works and just like wants to buy everything and kind of is hanging on the edge of their seat for their new releases and new scents and all that stuff and it's just fascinating to me to be like so invested in Bath and Body Works as a company and that's kind of all I have to say on that matter. So I would love to hear any of um, any of the things that you think Freud needs to come back from the dead to study. Unfortunately, I don't think he'll be able to make this trip to do that at this point in time, just kind of like with the way that science and technology stands. But I would love for him to make a resurgence and kind of delve deeper into these topics. I hope you liked this episode. I hope you had fun chatting with me. Um, you can follow the podcast on you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple and Spotify and follow the podcast on Instagram at parchcorecombos.pod. Always feel free to send me episode ideas on there. What have you follow me on TikTok, on Instagram, linked in the show notes, and I will chat to you next week.